For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Chelsea still in their box. Sam Maxima's got it. He sends in. Good ball. And it's got it! Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 111. I'm your host Greg Troxel and we won! We won! We won! We won! Thank you Lord and Savior Isaac Hayden. With me to talk about this glorious three points at home against Chelsea, we have the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsome! Yes, I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. Um, you know, Newcastle won. Not to say I, not to brag, but I did predict it that we would win. You so did. You actually did. Yeah, I mean, I said it'd be two to one, but you know, one nothing. I'll take. It's still a one goal win, and it still means that we are sitting safely seven points above the relegation zone with the opportunity to to do even a little bit more uh, to secure some safety going oh, forward. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, if you want to follow me on the Twitters, at Elijah underscore Newsom is where you can find me tweeting about all the coolest and hottest things like um, Atlanta sports, Newcastle sports, and um, the crazy situations I get into on a regular basis. Greg, what about you? Where can the people find you and our podcast account and all that? Yeah, stuff? give me a follow at NUFC underscore Greg, our podcast at CHN underscore radio, and... Oh, Greg, real quick. I think we should formally announce that our Twitter, you might have noticed this if you're an avid follower, we changed our bio and stuff a little bit. It's going to be a little more representative of the fact that we're a podcast network. Mm. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, over the next couple of weeks, you'll slowly start seeing um, Zach and Adam who do the False Nines podcast, excellent podcast. You should definitely listen to it if you haven't already. Um, They'll be be, uh, taking over the account sometimes. tweeting some th- different things, ask them questions. They do a question segment as well. So obviously get super involved and expect some different things to be happening with that account um, going forward. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, making it more inclusive and hopefully expanding that podcast network. Yes, yeah. Really cool stuff going on. And, yeah, and hopefully this gets bigger and we can keep providing some, some awesome stuff for you guys, some new ideas. Uh, we're working on – we're always thinking about like new ways to provide some awesome content. So uh, feel free if you have any ideas or anything that like you really wish that we would do or a- anything. Just feel free to let us know. You can you know where to DM us, DM us at 
CHN underscore radio. You can email us at CHN radio NUFC at gmail.com. Um, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Just we love feedback, so just good or bad, just let us know. And if you have any ideas, feel free to shout that stuff out. But let's get to the good stuff, and that is a win over Chelsea at home, Elijah. Uh, it, it's a match where Newcastle dominated from beginning to end, no doubt. Oh, no yeah. doubt. Of course. <laughs> Everyone's like, wait, what? what? Newcastle? No, yeah, that's definitely not the case. But, there, you know, it wasn't as, as like, it was boring. <laughs> Let me, I'll be real with you there. But, like, Newcastle had, yeah. I, I said it in my day after article, Newcastle had the better chances in that game. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, completely neutralized the, the Chelsea attack, and um, we'll get into it a little bit more in match events. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with this, this will be a somewhat rare occurrence, but you'll probably you'll also get a pre- a review, wait, a preview pod for Everton. Um, like, Chelsea have thrived this whole season out, out of, like, you know, teams that want to play an open style, expansive style of football, open play, you know, playing against the likes of Wolves and Southampton who, who don't sit back. Um, even if they don't have the talent to 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 go up against Chelsea, but they don't sit back. Newcastle sit back and bunker down, and Chelsea have really struggled. Even their last match have struggled to create chances against Newcastle. It's just something Frank Lampard has not figured out as a manager is how to really attack bunkering teams. And Newcastle, it was another masterclass on how to be solid defensively. Um, their chances were few and far between, but you have to admit all of our attacking players played well when they had the ball. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of careless giveaways by our attackers. Um, our defenders, on the other hand, Jesus, that was there was a lot of questionable clearances and um, Emil Kraft just passed the ball to the Chelsea midfield a bunch of times. But so, our so what you're saying it was twelve well. on ten, <laughs> uh, pretty much. But but like to your point, I mean Newcastle had really good yeah. chances. I mean the Joel Linton off the crossbar chance was insane. Um, and, I don't know, we had opportunities to, we at least deserved a draw. Yeah, yeah, for sure. is the big takeaway, at a minimum. I'd be pretty pissed if Newcastle lost yeah. that match, because Chelsea didn't look like a fourth place team. Yep, definitely. And, well, or, or we didn't look like a 13th. Um, <laughs> uh, let's no, see. we looked like a 13th place <laughs> Maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, let's get into three words. So, after every match, we ask you the best listeners in the world uh to give us three words to describe the match and we read them on the podcast so your three words go like this jeff can at jeff can for maximin the talisman that's a good one that's actually yeah, really good that is a good one. jeff yeah. jeff might be our three word all-star even though, like i even like the fact that sometimes he'll send like nine different versions of three words so thank you jeff uh london is blue podcast <laughs> which if you're not familiar oh. With them, they are the American Chelsea FC podcast. Uh, we we did a preview with them, like right when this podcast started. Literally, that was like our second. Yeah, episode. it was like we were youngins. Literally, um, they yeah, said uh, London is blue podcast. You can follow them at London Blue Pod. Um, not good enough. Well, don't follow them. Actually, well, yeah, was, well, I we guess can you can support but, yeah, support sure, the fellow pods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just not going to like the fact that they tweet about yeah. Chelsea all the time. If you're, yeah, if you're okay with that, then definitely follow. I mean, yeah. We follow them. We do, um, we do, and they do some. They do yeah, good they work. Really do. So shout out to them. Uh, Chris McGlynn, 
your boy at oh, CMC. My boy. Oh, sorry, C McLinn eighty four. Um, yeah, I was like, I was... <laughs> it's he says uh, three points, baby. Suck it, Blues. Chelsea needs Pulisic. I could keep going, but you get the idea. That's that's yeah, a lot. It's also, not three that's, words. Uh, yeah, nine. Ten. It was it was it was a collection of multiple three word statements. Yeah, that suck it, Blues. Like Seventeen. That's or one. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. Um, Don. Don. Oh, at oh. Smick Ultra. Poor corner flag. Fine, we'll name. get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, Chris McGlynn coming in hot again. That's like, C. Oh, McGlynn 84. Okay. No, you can... Isaac Hayden, dot, dot, dot. Yes. Uh, okay, that's. I think that was his actual three words. Well, And the other one was like a follow-up. Yeah, well, I'm just reading it in the order I see it. Uh, Kim Avery. Yeah, he might have. Un- <laughs> at Kim Kerfuffle. Hayden busts one. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Uh, Mr. Okay. Steal Your Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Final minute header. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Jeez. Well, pretty descriptive. Uh, Jamie Elliott at want a bigger boat. <laughs> How the F. We're still yeah. a clean podcast, guys. I can't say that one yet. Uh, uh, we Are we? Well, yeah, we're like borderline. At least I haven't been yelled at yet, so that's good. To, but also, we can set ourselves as explicit. Then we have to. Well, it's more complicated than you think. You can't just oh. click a button. <laughs> um, well, Toon Army Sacramento at Toon Army Sacktown. Uh, slight touch in Toon Man US at US underscore Toon. We are up. Always. Joe Avery at uh, Joe Avery yeah, underscore yes. Brucey's Magic Mags. <laughs> yeah, true. Dan Toon at Daniel Toon two hundred five. All transfers off. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, Chris Standard at C Standard one. Lucky as F. Uh, Marky at Toon Tilly. <laughs> this is the one we've all been waiting for. Come on, me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. That... Uh, I could say that one, but I can't say the F word apparently. So <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, Come on, me. Thank. Thanks for yeah. that. Um, please continue sending us three words of that nature. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. So let's get into lineup, match events, all that fun stuff. So um, this was an exciting day for most Newcastle fans because of the lineup we announced. Uh, I'll, I'll read the lineup, and then, Elijah, you, you take the reins here. Uh, but we had Dubravka, Kraft, Clark, Lascelles, Fernandez, Willems, Shelby, Hayden, Almiron, Saint-Maximin, and Jolinton. Yeah, it was, Saint-Maximin was, of course, the uh, the, the big takeaway yeah. there. I mean, it, we filled it a, a, a fairly strong lineup, um, you know, Unfortunate what happened to Jetro, um, but I mean it, it was it was a good it was a good lineup. So um, yeah, I mean I, I wrote in my preview for this that I think he w- he would have been a key player for this match. I mean I guess he didn't really have the impact that I thought he would, um, but partially that, that wasn't really his fault. I mean Newcastle didn't really see much of the ball, but it was good. I w- I didn't expect him to start and he did. So I mean yeah, that's great. You, you gotta love that and hopefully uh, and he played ninety four minutes. Like I mean. That was equally as impressive. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, 
yeah, the the Saint Gucci Max was was the key signing there, the key thing there. Also, Shelby getting his start, Lascelles back in, Clark back in. Like soon, like we're just becoming to look like a healthier team, right? So that was that was just exciting. Like I was like, ah, oh, so sweet. We're back. <laughs> um, the one concern of the lineup: no no strikers on the bench. Yeah, that was odd. I didn't even pick. Yeah, that up. Andy Carroll wasn't fit enough and then who knows what what gail's doing with all the links to him going out um well he's also wasn't fit oh he wasn't yeah him he's injured right now he's got amps uh, i think he's still oh out i, for I this didn't match i thought he may have been back but i guess not no he um he had a hamstring got it, injury got um and muto is still out as well okay. um and carol of course no one really knows what his injury is they just know he can't yeah. play but um, yeah, he's just old. His injury is being old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the match started, and we went into 5-4-1. So it was LaSalle's in the middle of the three center backs. Clark was on the left, Fernandez on the right. Willems was your left wing back. Kraft was the right wing back. The middle was Shelby and Hayden. Um, and up top was St. Gucci Max on the left. Almiron was on the right, and Jolinton was up top by himself in the middle. Uh, so the match started... It was it was a Chelsea domination right from the start. <laughs> um, the the only positive that I note of, and Elijah, like chime in at any point here if you think there's others, but the only positive for Newcastle was Amra, and he was extremely active. He was pressing high. He caused a couple turnovers because of that, even though nothing happened, like at the end result. But he caused turnovers that got people out of their chairs, crosses into the box, um, just nothing. Uh, then no, nobody had an answer. And you'll catch that theme for the rest of the match with Almiron. He was very good. Uh, but then then bad news happened. Uh, about 10 minutes in, it was Willems. And he went down with a very serious injury um, and was reported. We'll talk about this in our news pod, which will be out on Wednesday morning for you. But Willems is done for the year, and he looked to coll- collide with Hudson Odoi in this, uh, immediately called to the sidelines for help. And they had to bring the stretcher on to get him off. Elijah, uh, walk us through this incident here. Um, I think initially, um, like a lot of people, I thought he had just knocked knees with with uh, Hudson Doy, which he did. But then uh, he's grabbing the opposite knee, and um, it's really unfortunate because, like, as soon as I saw that and and saw him not be able to get up, as like, oh, been there before, where it's like you want to get up. But you just cannot move. And I'm, Greg, you've been there before too. I'm pretty sure you've had knee injuries, right? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Uh, I thought I thought we've talked about this before, but I had a meniscus tear. That was not fun. And you you get up, you try to get up, and you can't. And you just you just know like there's not a lot of pain. It's just you just have a feeling that like all right, I can't I can't move. Um, and you could tell like it was it was pretty bad. Um, then when they bring the stretcher out and he's crying, it's like that's when I was like, all right. I think he his season is over, and um, I think athletes know when they have a, a season-ending injury, and, and uh, it was the the writing was on the wall there, and of course later it was confirmed that it was an ACL uh, kind of rupture. So yeah, it was really sad, um, but it did allow us to see Matt Ritchie come into the yeah match, yeah, um, which was always fun. <laughs> so Ritchie came on, um, and he moved right into Willem's spot, a right wing back, um, and once. Play resumed. Chelsea went right back to where they left off. They just they dominated. Um, Dubravka made some really smart decisions all 
all day. Chelsea never full. There's a, there's actually one stretch of about eight to ten minutes where Chelsea like got some good opportunities. But uh, I was I praised Dubravka a lot for just his smart distribution and smart dis, uh, decision making um, as as these attacks and simple like pot shots were coming in. Uh, I think he just had a, like a very sound game. Um, on Newcastle side, I mean, like this this could be a short recap here because like there literally was not a lot that happened <laughs> for 90 minutes yeah um so Al- Almiron would cause a lot of defenders to to attract him so it was really cool and, and you're seeing this more and more as Newcastle continue to play there's a lot of attention that Almiron causes now and so like Fernandez was <laughs> always he's always ready to come up um, so yeah, <laughs> don't have to ask him no. twice to join the so, attack. He, he's going to be there. So Almiron will like win the ball and start coming up in like three or three and some even four, like a fourth defender will like drop in on Almiron and Fernandez will just go and, and he'll, he'll get into the space or at least come for support. Um, so Fernandez actually got, got free and, and no, no defender closed in on Fernandez when Almiron got him the ball. So he crossed the ball into the box, and Jolinton, oh my gosh. You can't blame Jolinton. Like, he put it on target, at least, and that's all I'm asking for. No. But he rose above everybody, connected with the ball, and it slammed off the crossbar. Like, if that would have went in, it would have been a pure eruption. Uh, It would have been like the the Almiron's first goal reaction, I'm I'm assuming, with that one. That would have been amazing. What's your thoughts on that play? Yeah. I, I honestly... Like I don't think anyone could fault Jolinton for this because one, like, if you if you have a miss and you hit the crossbar from a header, like that's like pretty much the perfect miss, especially with headers. Like headers usually like they're either saved because they're right at the keeper or like they're just like wide or over, and it's like they're they always look like a bad miss. But that's like the one time a header is a good miss. And to his credit, like I mean, we didn't get a lot of replays. Um, but there was, I know the commentators certainly thought this, and to 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 their credit, they were wrong for a lot of things in the match. To they, their they, credit, they were, they were like, wrong. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't take this with like a, a a serious like. I mean, take it into consideration. But I mean, you know, it could be wrong because they were wrong about a lot of things. Most notably, they were like, "Oh, Matt Ritchie's going to play left wing back." I don't think he's played there before, and it's like he's exclusively. Owned. They're like he's more of a right wing back, and I was like, I mean. He's not played right wing back. But anyway, um, they thought Kepa actually got a touch to it, like a small touch to it, and it would have gone in if Kepa didn't get a touch to it. Now, I, I didn't really see that in the replay. It was kind of hard to tell. But if that's true, then it's like Joel Linton was essentially robbed of, like like you said, one of the per- like a perfect goal to really set him back um, on track. But that, that chance alone allowed him to play with some confidence. And he was playing with confidence when he had the ball, um, and when the attack had the ball, but as we kind of already touched on, wasn't a lot. Um, so I mean, it, it was dope. It was dope to see, and I wish it had gone in. But yeah, it's the best you could do in that situation. Yeah, and and uh, there's not a lot to talk about with Jolinton because just the lack of chances. And and you can talk about like the same on Chelsea side. It's not like it was just Newcastle here, even though Chelsea dominated. There's not a lot of chances, but Jolinton had a much better day linking wise with the midfield and he was he had a pretty good day but the challenge on the attacking side was just having Rudiger there Rudiger was planted on top of Jolinton anytime Newcastle were on the ball like he like almost made it 
Like he pretty much made Jolinton immobile. Like he was very aggressive, constantly pushing him, constantly like touching and going. And there was a couple times where the camera zoomed in and you saw like Jolinton actually like giving pushing and shoves back. Like you could tell he was frustrated by like the amount of contact. But like that's some yeah. like that's what you have to do. Like you have to play that way in the Premier League because every center back is going to try to do that to you. And it's interesting because uh, in the last match we played against Tamori because Rudiger was injured, and Tamori was just like not really willing to have any physical contact with either with, with Joel Linton. Or I, I believe that was a one Andy Carroll made an appearance in as well. Um, but it's just like kind of the opposite of of Rudiger and Tamori is a bit younger and and a bit smaller as well. But I think that you know if. If Tamori's there instead of Rudiger, Joel Linton probably is not as frustrated with the physicality aspect as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is interesting. Of course, of course. <laughs> so that's that's halftime zero zero. Uh, I I really felt like it should have been zero zero outside of that one goal. Um, Newcastle actually leading the expected goals after at halftime. So fun fact. Uh, any any yeah. comments there on the first half? Um, I mean, we'll get into this with best and worst player, but Kieran Clark uh, was was brilliant Ooh. as well in the, in the first and second half. And, but especially in the first and, half, just there was a lot of attacks that were broken down because of him. And who so. wasn't good? Who? Oh, Emil Kraft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gosh. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But jeez. Uh, cool. All right. So second half started, and it was Chelsea again, just dominating. Um, I, I mentioned actually in our Slack channel about just looking, and this was in the second half. I don't remember when it was, but I remember just fixating on LaSalle's for a while and just him organizing the back line. They were like a machine. Like, it was really cool to to watch them together. They literally just yeah. sat there, and if the ball moved away from the goal, they would move up, and they would move back all together, all in unison. It almost seemed like they were taking the same distance steps away like from each movement. So, like... They, like, it was very insane. It was pretty cool to watch. Um, that's kind of the value that I think Rafa brought in, which they're perfecting day in and day out um, with performances like this. So, um, second half started in, like, after, like Chelsea dominated for a little bit, but Newcastle got a little bit more open in the attack and, and tried to have possession a little bit more. Then Chelsea would, like, win the ball, and they would just shell back immediately. Um, one of the things I noted that... Shelby, Shelby started to not look good here in the second half. Um, I mentioned in the FA Cup match when he came in that he was just shorting, just taking the easy way out, passes. Um, he looked a lot slower in the second half, and he wasn't trying to do anything, like almost to the point where I felt like he was avoiding the ball. I noted that. Um, the other thing that I noted was that... Um, St. Kuchi Max and Almiron switched sides. So Almiron was on the left. They did. And St. Kuchi Max was on the right to start the second half, which I found very interesting. Uh, we've talked about that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, really, it was like the same. Chelsea dominated. Almiron would get the ball, come down in defense and challenge him and get the ball away. And then Chelsea would get the ball back and dominate again. Um, then 70th minute came around, we had our first sub, and thank the Lord, Emil Kraft came off the pitch for Sean Longstaff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any comments so far? <laughs> I mean, it moved uh, the right, Isaac Hayden, the right wing back, yeah, which yep, he, he's really done well at. That's 
kind of the big story yeah. from there. But um, something that did happen, I kind of forgot to mention this in the first at the end of the first half, but um, but it kind of just dawned on me scrolling through some like old tweets um, from this was uh, like Joel Linton was fouled a bunch and uh, during the course of this match, um, and a lot of it wasn't called. Um, and yes, there is an element of physicality with the Premier League, but like Christensen straight up climbed on top of Joel Linton for like two different headers, and it was like, all right, that's clearly a foul. Um, and there was just like a a little bit of a referee bias throughout this whole match, and it kind of showed itself a little bit in the second half as well. Um, Conte had four fouls in the first half mm, and was not good booked, point um, at all, which was which you don't see that often, um, where like a, you know you get. You usually get two or three fouls before. It doesn't matter what your next foul is. It could be something as simple as like a, a shouldering guy off the ball, but you're going to get a yellow just for the amount of fouls you, you, you've accumulated. And Conte had four and one half. He had more fouls than like like Newcastle. <laughs> than the than our, our was, team. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, I don't know. That was just as we're kind of midway through this this more than a little, more than halfway through talking about this match, just something to also keep in the back of everyone's head was like Newcastle could have had more set pieces and could have had more opportunities to score, but they just were not getting a lot of calls that they should have. Which you know that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so right after that sub, putting Hayden in, um, it looked like this is where Chelsea's best play was, like the next ten minutes or so. So the first hand. Chance was from Abraham. Um, he was sent into the box. I, I don't even know who passed it. And he got around Dubrovka. Uh, the angle, the ball was moving too fast. And uh, and Dubrovka, like, time, or he positioned himself in a position to where, like, even if he didn't get to the ball, he was going to win. Um, so mm-hmm. he, he came out. Abraham was able to get around him, but the angle was just way too tight. And he tried to like compensate and, and put the ball back in play, but he lost his balance and, and shot it out. Um, so that was the first chance. The next was shortly after. It was Jorginho crossed the ball into the box, and Aspilicueta oh headed the ball down, and then Abraham got a hold of it. Dubravka blocked that shot, and then the ball like trickled towards the net, and Matt Ritchie, thank the Lord for him, Clear the ball off the line. He it, it wasn't like it was a fast trickle. Like Richie waited it out, timed it, and then booted it away. Like it wasn't like the only way that yeah. was going to be a goal is if Matt Richie completely missed the ball. Like it wasn't like a risky clearance. Um, Which possible? Yeah, yeah, possible. Um, so one of the reasons for the attacks I noted is Hudson Adoy actually moved to the left side of the pitch, which he found a lot mm. more freedom that way. Uh, on the left side, so he was attacking like Matt Ritchie, which obviously less of a defender there. Um, so, fun fact. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they like Chelsea was really trying to pinpoint that matchup, putting Hudson Odoi on Matt Ritchie, and it worked. Uh, the rest, uh, like going on, like Newcastle as these attacks happened, they looked more and more tired. No, the attacks never amounted to anything, and it seemed like they were just looking to get it out. Eighty fourth minute came, Matt Shelby came out finally again, another great sub. That's that's two the only two subs that he really had to use. Like tactically, I think were really good ones. Was sending Kraft and Shelby off. Yeah. Um. This one, Maddie Longstaff came on. Um. Any anything so far? Immediate energy as yeah. well. 
um, when Maddie yeah. Longstaff came Ma- out. Also, there was a moment for Chelsea. Uh, I I want to say this was around the same time um, when uh, Emerson came on for them. Uh, I don't I don't remember when that was though. He he also was really good. Um, I'm trying to yeah that was, yeah he came in in the 75th minute for Reese James and they pretty much went to like a pure back three. Um, and he was kind of playing as a winger, got into a lot of dangerous positions, mm-hmm. and nearly scored. Um, and also got a yellow card for simulation because he flopped. But that was just like another moment of like that was when Chelsea looked really good. And then, like you said, eighty fourth minute comes, Maddie Longstaff comes on. Chelsea doesn't really have more desperation chances at that yeah. point. And Maddie Longstaff was very high energy. Honestly, like you said. Really good sub by Bruce because um, that's exactly what they needed was a, a midfielder that would put a little bit of pressure on um, on on their midfielders to to release the ball sooner and all that kind of stuff because with Shelby in there like Jorginho and Conte had all types of time to to ping balls and spray balls everywhere um, so getting Maddie in there was was huge yeah um, and a few minutes after this we had another great chance um, started by Almiron so he got the ball and he he. Put a cross in towards the back post. Uh, Seguchi knocked the ball down and went to Jolinton, and he just shot it wide. And yeah, it, that one was it, tough. It was a pretty bad strike. Uh, it should have been a goal. Um, right after that was the interesting part. So after he missed that, Brucey made a change. And another, like I think, I wouldn't call this a good decision, but I like my biggest criticism with him earlier is his lack of adjustment. This is like yeah. encouraging, very encouraging for me. Um, so he moved St. Gucci up top and put Jolinton on the left wing. I thought that was pretty awesome that he did that. It didn't, it didn't work in this match, but like, it's like, I think it's a good sign that he's doing stuff like that. It also didn't have time to work. No, I mean, yeah. he did it with like five minutes left in the match and it made no difference. Um, like you said, but it was an interesting decision. Um, I don't know if it makes that much sense. I guess, if you're kind of playing him similar to the old Leverkusen, I mean, of two years ago or this past year, where you have like your your forward basically as more of like a false nine cam type player that kind of sits a little bit deeper um, and not really making like forward runs. I guess that's kind of where I see Sam Maxman because I don't see Sam Maxman as an out and out number nine, but if he's like a central point to link up and feed the ball out wide to Joel Linton or um, Almiron, then yeah, sure. Because yeah. you're not really swinging in boxes to St. Max. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, yeah, the next point is it gets to injury time. There's four minutes. And in the fourth minute of injury time, Elijah, it happened. Yeah. And St. Oh, James. They, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, St. James Park lost it. It was awesome. A guy got kicked in the nuts by a corner flag, kicked by Matt Ritchie. It, it was amazing. But it all started by Ritchie, and he had a pretty awful corner. <laughs> so thank, yeah, thanks, was, by the way. <laughs> literally, I was about to tweet, in this match ends one because like, I was like, oh, last-minute corner for Newcastle. <laughs> I'm like in the process of tweeting, like, Matt Ritchie, terrible corner. Newcastle end with the draw. Yeah. I was literally about to type, like, react to this with, three, with, with your GIF, like, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> And then a moment of excellence. <laughs> yeah. So Richie thankfully hits a pretty crappy corner. It was headed away by the first player. It went to St. Gucci. And then St. Gucci, like a delicious cross. Um, that was such a good cross. And it connected with the side of Hayden's face 
on the back post, and the ball went off of Kepa's weak wrists and into the net. Uh, it was an amazing goal. Newcastle won. We beat Chelsea. Yeah. What the heck? It wasn't pretty. Yes. It was the opposite it wasn't of pretty, cute. actually. It wasn't fun. It was definitely awful. But we won. Not, not cute. We did win. Yeah. We didn't have the possession. We had the better chances. But at the end of the day, like all you need to do is get three points, and we did that. Yeah, and uh, Rafa facts nowhere to be found. <laughs> our after this, our one. only goal came from our white right wing back. So, yeah, who wasn't even supposed to be up for the corner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Which true. I'm sure you'll get into that with quotes, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. Yes, he did say that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this match before we take a break? Um, no, I, I think. It was a, a solid defensive performance by Newcastle and against a team like Chelsea who love to counter and love to take advantage of like people making mistakes in the run of play. This was the perfect game plan. And, I mean, you may call it Rafa ball, you may call it Brucey ball, whatever you want to call it, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to give Steve Bruce the credit because like Chelsea, a team that creates a lot of chances, was not able to create a lot of yeah. chances at all. Definitely agree. <laughs> all right, so uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to go into some Brucey quotes. We'll do that right after this. All right, y'all. We have some Bruce quotes from the match. Um, here's some things that he said. Uh, they work so hard. Talk about smash and grab or whatever you want to call it, but the one thing we did do, you can't fault them, was defend really well. Of course, we have nicked it and sneaked it or whatever you want to call it, but when you are playing against the big boys, yes, we have to take care of the ball better for sure, but you can't fault them to a man with their effort and endeavor. The support here is envy of most, and they're unique for their loyalty and the way they support their club. This club is everything here, so when you score at the last minute with all the work we've done, then of course it's great and it takes the roof off. There's a couple of times we've done it against big teams, which is always nice. Um, Isaac Hayden yeah. talked about his goal and first said, I wasn't even supposed to be up for the corner, um, but he was. And the the yeah. ball hit the side of his face. like Basically, he was saying, like this ball had no business going in, but I don't care. <laughs> it went off the side of my face Yeah, and no business being a goal. <laughs> and it's wild that he was not supposed to be up because he was given a yellow card for a foul that I didn't think was a yellow. Like it was just like the the stars aligned for this one yeah. moment, and it's it's hilarious. Yeah, it was. I mean, this could be Team of Destiny esque Newcastle, where they go on like like a crazy FA Cup run and somehow finish seventh and are sold in like all the same few months, and then like next season it's like relegation scrap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it's like it's. I don't know. That's what it's starting to feel like. It's like okay, you know, this Everton match, winnable match. We'll talk about that in the, in the preview. Like it's like it's weird uh, having a little bit of hope. Yeah, it's weird having a little bit of hope. He says that's a quote from yeah. Elijah Newsom. Yeah. <laughs> um, some stats. The first thing is, uh, well, just some Premier League table stuff. Is we're in twelfth place now on twenty nine points. We're we're five points from fifth and seven points from relegation. So that it's better to be closer to fifth in case you're new to this whole soccer thing. Yeah. Um, do you have any stats, Elijah? Um, I really don't okay. ever 
do post game stats. I, so I have some for you. Post match stats. Um, Chelsea has gone winless in six of the last seven matches at St James's Park. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I actually do have a stat. Yeah, go ahead. Um, with this match, Chelsea have failed to keep keep a clean sheet away from home. Oh, uh, this season. interesting. Yeah. How much did they that spend was like on a point of contention? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And their defense in general. I mean, I don't know. From Ath- Athletic Bilbao. Yeah. It's Athletic Club, though. But uh, XG, Newcastle had 0.84 expected goals in the match. Chelsea had 1.81. So, in theory, they expected Chelsea to win 2-1 to one by the rate of play. Nobody's surprised in that just by, like, the possession numbers and, and um, things. But, like, Newcastle definitely had the best chances. Um, Isaac Hayden led Newcastle in XG, so it's that one opportunity that he had. Um, and ASM led in XA. Um, expected points is another stat I drummed up. Uh, Newcastle was expected to get 0.6 points. So, like, you know, a draw at best. And Chelsea was expected 2.15 points based on rate of play. That's interesting. Yeah. So they were expected to win. I didn't even know that was something we tracked now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's passes allowed per defensive action in the opposition half. Do you want to know that one? I don't even know what you're talking so about. So it's it's PPDA is what it is for short, and it's passes allowed while you're on the defense in your own half. So, like, if you're defending as a team, how many consecutive passes are you allowing before you can nick the ball? and get it back, get back possession. So in this stat, the higher number is worse. So Newcastle gave up 25.3 uh, passes per defensive action, which is like not good. It's not good. It's really high. It basically means Newcastle bunkered the entire time. So Chelsea, well, on us. average, were able to make 25 passes in our half before we were able to get possession from them. <laughs> Where, on the contrary, Chelsea's PPDA was 4.3. So Newcastle, on average, oh. completed four passes while they were defending before they got possession. So it is... Well, that's good for Yeah, us. it just really shows the the uh, like the effort that we have defending. Like, it really shows that. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, Sunderland, they're still in League One. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's, uh, t- who scored? Uh, they're, for ranking each, each individual performance... Uh, I'll just name the players that received a seven or higher. Uh, we have Federico Fernandez, Isaac Hayden, Kieran Clark, Jamal Sells, John Joe Shelby, Martin Dubrovka, Miguel Almiron, Matt Ritchie, and Jolinton. So a lot of players. So that's really good. Damn near everyone except for <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually oh I have a stat for you. Another one. Yeah. This is a, an Elijah Newsom stat that I I came up with myself based on my my watching the match. Um, the commentators for NBC forgot who it was. Doesn't matter. Don't know if they were for everyone. They've they confused Joel Linton for Isaac Hayden and Jamal Lascelles a ton this <laughs> match. And like I just they don't look anything alike. No. Like I I I could somewhat. I mean I think I think what it is is that Joel Linton and Jamal Lascelles are built the same way. They're both like light skinned black guys who are like tall and really well built, like muscle wise. But, like, Isaac Hayden and Joel Linton, the only thing they have in common is, like, that they're black and they both wear yellow, like, Nike shoes. Yeah. So, uh, so that was just a, a stat that commentators 
got something else wrong, which, again, like I said earlier, they were really good at getting things wrong. Yep. Uh, next, last stat is 538, predicting how the Premier League season will go. We moved up, y'all. We certainly yep. moved up. Um, so now 538 has us finishing in 13th place on 44 points. Uh, Newcastle has a 10% chance to get relegated and a 6% chance to finish in the top 10. Um, the relegated teams are Aston Villa, Burnmouth, and Norwich. Cool. Um, well, we have we have to take another break, uh, but after oh, yeah. that, we'll let's do best and worst. Sound good? Sounds all great. right. Let's take a break right now. Okay, Elijah, we have best and worst players. Be- well, c- should we just agree on who the worst player was? Yeah, sure. Uh, you say it on the count yeah. of three: one, two, Steve three. Bruce. Emil Kraft. Oh. Oh, yeah, it's okay. definitely crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, there was a moment that just summed up his match where he gave the ball away, and then Willian, who did not have a great... Willian, actually, if you're talking about worst players in the match, Willian was awful. Yeah. Um, uh, he, it, was, it was really bad. Uh, but Willian, like, then after he gave the ball away to, like, I think it was, it might have been uh, um who fed it to Willian... He, Emil Kraft then tried to defend Willian and fell on his ass. So uh, it's just not a great match from him. I think as the match went on, he was definitely more solid defensively um, than like he was definitely at the beginning of the match. At the beginning of the match, it was it was pretty bad. But the 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 unexplainable giveaways that he had were were just unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who there was no one pressing him, uh, would just pass the ball. Um, a lazy pass out of bounds, or just some of the balls he were trying. There was a moment where he tried to find Joel Linton on a through ball. Um, where he was up the pitch, and just weren't the balls weren't good enough. And when you don't have a lot of possession, you can't afford to give the ball away. Um, and you can't afford to give the ball away, and also not have like a really good match defending. Like we can get away with you know saying not really criticizing Jamal Sells or Karen Clark or. Fetty Fernandez for just hoofing the ball because they were all really like just outstanding in defense. But Emil Kraft, you just have to be better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh that's that's an easy one. Elijah, who is your man of the match? I'm gonna go with Kieran Clark here on one. We don't show him a lot of love, but I mean he's sneakily, once again, for the second season in a row, has been one of our best players this season. Um just Really humble, not really a guy who you hear complain about, you know, first team minutes. But when he gets into the first team and it is, you know, it doesn't seem like it's ever, he's never seems like he's the first choice because, I mean, we have a lot of really good center backs. But when he gets into the first team, he performs well. And this was another match in which, like, yeah, he's not going to bomb forward like um, Fabian Scherer or Florian Lejeune or, or, or Fetty Fernandez. But he's going to be really solid in defense and um, for... Everton, that's not Everton, for Chelsea, and truthfully for Everton, that is what we needed and will need for teams that um, that we're going to bunker against. Um, he was he was brilliant and had a lot of just great tackles and, and clearances and all that kind of stuff. So uh, he gets the nod for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, for me, the most impactful player for the full match it was, like, is Almiron. Um, okay. So I'm I'm gonna give it to him for simply that, like just always causing a struggle 
like with Chelsea players and uh, always coming back and supporting defensively and starting attacks. Um, all those players that I mentioned, the who scored, uh, deserve shout outs. Uh, Federico Fernandez had the highest rating of any player. Uh, he had a 7.84, which is really good. So definitely shout out to him. Um, uh, and like Hayden's was second, but obviously bolstered by the goal. And But Clark, to your point, was the second highest outside of the, the Hayden bump. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, really good performance all around. A good win for Newcastle United. Elijah, do you have anything here? Anything left? Uh, no. All right, guys. We will... We're actually going to have two pods for you today. Um, so you're probably going to... You probably should just listen to the Everton pod right now. So enjoy. Um, but that concludes episode 111 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. This is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And who are the last? Love that. If you never win the club again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody Land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wedding I've walked the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny how I'm coming home. And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog, it's in James's park, in the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming.